The Holy Gospel for this day is from Luke chapter 21, beginning at verse 5. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be? And what will be the sign that, is to, that it is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes in various places, famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord, for your spirit at work in our lives and in this assembly at this very moment. You promised that where two or three are gathered in your name, that you would be there. Help us to know that you are here present tense, that we're not just telling stories about the past, we're telling stories about the present and the future. You are as certainly here as you were present for the disciples. Stir mightily in the hearts of every person here, O Lord. Help each person know how vital he or she may be to the kingdom of God. Use us then in the week ahead to be your voice, to be your hands, to be your servants. In Jesus' holy and most blessed name, amen. Today is the 23rd Sunday in the season of Pentecost, and we're almost to the very end of the entire church calendar year. Yes, the church has a calendar year, and we're almost to the end of it. Next Sunday is Christ the King Sunday, the very final Sunday in the calendar year. Every year, as we get closer and closer to the end, we start reading Bible passages that are about the end of the world. We'll read passages about Armageddon and the apocalypse and the final days. And as I was studying and looking at the text for today and the references to Apocalypse and Armageddon, I thought about the various movies that are coming out about Apocalypse, apocalyptic movies. And so I decided to use the search engine and I typed in Apocalyptic Movies. There's a list like this, a huge long list. Let me read some of the titles. Scorched Earth. Apocalypse Now, Mad Max, Oblivion, This is the End, Walking Dead, <laughs> Armageddon, Monsters Plus, 
my favorite, zombie apocalypse. They all have similar themes. Planet Earth has been destroyed or is about to be destroyed. And all we can do is figure out a way to make it through that destruction. The heroes in the stories are those people who are skillful enough or lucky enough to survive when everything else is destroyed. These type of movies, apocalyptic movies, have become a little cottage industry. And I'm a little sad to say that that theme is inspired by passages in the Bible. I mean, these movie directors don't get this out of the blue. The word apocalypse comes from the Bible. So they're inspired by passages from Revelation that talks about the end of the earth, about the four horsemen of the apocalypse, about earthquakes and plagues and famines and wars. Even in today's gospel lesson, we heard apocalyptic language, portents that are dreadful, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. We have these kinds of themes everywhere. The sad part about what the movie industry has done is that they grab onto these ideas, these themes, and totally neglect, or almost totally neglect, the final vision that God has, which is also in the Bible, which doesn't get much press in our media and our entertainment industry, that the end of the world is something positive and good and gracious and kind, that God has an intention for a beautiful end to the world. In fact, the word end in the Bible is the word Greek word telos, and it means not a cutting off, it means a final fulfillment, the end product, if you will. That's the word. The end of time is the fulfillment of time, the fulfillment of who we are meant to be as God's people. Well, the book of Revelation, in chapter 21, the very last chapter, has this vision of the end of the world. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I saw the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a voice from heaven. See, the home of God is with human beings. God will dwell there and they will be his people. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more for the first things have passed away. You don't see those themes very often in our apocalyptic movies. David, a moment ago, read another vision for the end of time coming from Isaiah the prophet hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. He talks about the peaceable kingdom, the wolf and the lamb shall feed together. And it says the first words that he said were there will be a new heaven and a new earth. In the face of all the dangers and dysfunctions of our world, we Christians hang on to the hope and the reality that the end of the world is something incredibly positive. And yet we Christians are not, have you heard the word Pollyannish? Pollyannish means you kind of see everything with rose-colored glasses. We're not that as Christians. We know there is huge pain and sorrow and untimely death. And I look at the congregation, I know so many of you, and I know the pain, the sorrow, and the untimely death that has touched so many lives. 
we're honest and we're aware that there are wars and insurrections and earthquakes and famines and all the problems that follow us. We look at the world around us and not only in our own lives, we see our society seeming to fragment apart. We see people who are greedy and there's injustice and there is deceit all around us in our society. We look at the world and our ocean is becoming like a garbage dump. And you heard the recent thing about three billion birds have died. The air is losing its birds. The glaciers are melting. The seas are rising. The weather is changing. And we could make our own apocalyptic movie in reality right now. And I understand very well how people gravitate to these apocalyptic movies because down deep, it looks like that's our future. Like our future is going to be disaster down the road. As Christian people who believe in the message and the person of Jesus Christ, we say no, no, that's not our future. That's not our ultimate destiny. Our ultimate destiny is hope and goodness and compassion and kindness and we cling to it with all of our might. Even despite the evidence to the contrary, we cling to that hope. We cling to the cross because the open tomb is also there. And so we as Christian people are people of ultimate optimism and confidence in the future. And you don't see many movies that end that way. There are a few. There are a handful of movies that will give this holy vision for the end. One is a very old, old movie. It's one that popped into my head when I was thinking about this apocalyptic imagery. It's a Disney movie. And it was produced, I think, in the 1930s or 40s. It's animation to classical music. It's called Fantasia. So Fantasia, as I said, was Disney's attempt to put classical music to animation. And there's one scene in there that captures a feeling of the apocalypse matched up with the confidence that we proclaim as Christians. It's called Night on Bald Mountain. And Night on Bald Mountain was a piece done by Mussorgsky. And Mussorgsky wrote a piece of music that was chaotic and a little bit dissonant, frightening. It seems to match up with Halloween really well. And the animators created a scene where on the top of this mountain was devil figure and he wakens as the music starts and his bat wings fly out he has horns on his head and his eyes are gleaming like fire and he draws forth the demons and the dysfunction and the chaos and they surround this little town and they're floating in front of our eyes and it seems like the world is being consumed by this demonic force of chaos like a, an apocalyptic movie. And then, as it seems like all is lost, there is quiet, and then a church bell, bong, pure, innocent, confident. And while the bell rings, the demons start shrinking, shrinking, and the bell rings again, and they shrink back. And the animators then have a procession of people with candles 
moving through this beautiful landscape. And Ava Maria is sung. And it is like you're in heaven. And they have captured the message of Jesus Christ with that little piece of music. I play for you two minutes. That bell is the message and the person of Jesus Christ and God's intention for our world. In Fantasia, when the bell was rung, the devil shrunk back. It is the voice of God, the voice of hope, the voice of confidence. And now that voice, that bell, is our responsibility. God has always worked through people like you and like me to ring the bell of optimism and hope to confront the demonic, the dysfunctional, and the deathly in our midst. We carry that responsibility. We are that bell. The choir We'll now finish the sermon with music that fits the new heaven and the new earth.
Thank you.